You are listening to BFF.FM.
Yeah, I ain't seen you in a minute. But I got something to tell you. Listen. See the thing about you that caught my eye is the same thing that makes me change my mind. Kinda hard to explain, but girl, I'll try. You need to sit down, this may take a while. See this girl, she sort of looks just like you. She even smiles just the way you do. So innocent she seemed, but I was fooled. I'm reminded when I look at you. But you, you remind me. Why I just can't get it.
place whenever I, I look at you Wouldn't believe all of the things she put me through This is why I just can't get with you We want to be your BFF BFF.FM, best frequencies forever BFF.FM, best frequencies Streaming with my besties <laughs> Well, hello. Mic check? Is it you? Yo, what up? Oh my gosh. Ha ha ha. Welcome back to Talking Noise at Noon. Guess who I'm here with? I am very geeked. Someone who is just as critical as I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, a person with a lot of thoughts, with a lot of fucking knowledge. Across mediums, you have a cinemaphile. A music buff. Hell, I feel like you read books too. I like a good book every now and then. <laughs> a writer, a producer, the maker of the Miata EP, DJ Wani. What up? Let's go, Wani. Likewise. I feel like we see each other a lot now in like, <laughs> in passing and in normal context. And I'm like, this yeah. is nice. Oh, that's cool. I always love seeing you. Every time. Likewise, I'm super geeked because we're going to talk life shit. Yeah. Um, culture shit. I'm just like, I woke up on Monday and I had a stress dream about this interview. And now here we are. And I'm like, this is not stressful. Oh, uh, no, nah, we're chilling. It's just a conversation between two homies. I was just more or less like, I want to ask the right questions. Because I also feel like... When people ask you questions, it's more about AD, and I'm like, no, I'm going to pick your brain. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm an open book. I'm like an overshare general, so I'm ready. <laughs> have you listened to this show before? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I have, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> We're right. at two We're peas in the same oversharing pod. <laughs> All right. Jesus H. Um, yeah, some of, our, some of our good friends have been on here. So, have you looked at any of them different after the interview? <laughs> no, but I think that they looked at me like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm bracing myself. All righty. Well, I mean, first two tracks, I asked you where you're at existentially and also where you started in your music journey. Let us hear it. All right, so that first track was uh, Jocelyn Enriquez, a little bit of ecstasy. That's where I'm at right now, just because, I, I mean, I feel like I've had it on repeat for the last, like, week or so. Um, I'm really into it, one, because she's from the Bay. Like, I did, like, my little research. Um, she was signed to Tommy Boy Records, which I've just been, like, really into recently because of just how influential they are to, like, rap and dance music. I love things that span both because those are probably my two, like, you know, my shit. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I've just been really into it. And I love that song because... Like, obviously, it's of its era of the 90s and shit, but it combines elements of, like, freestyle with, like, the, like, very popular dance music of the time. It's, like, made for the club, but also very accessible. I hate, I mean, I wouldn't say I hate, but I just, like, I like listening to club music that I can still listen to at home. So that's what I always go for, and I feel like that song does that really well. Me and drum and bass. <laughs> I feel like 
freestyle, like learning about freestyle as a genre was something where I was like, that's the name of this? Because it's like what I would get ready to in high school. Like my junior year, I had a stereo system in my bedroom and I would just put on the oldies station, but at like seven, eight in the morning because people are getting ready to go to work, they were playing freestyle. And I was just like, yeah, this is just 80s music. Who was I? A teenager. Um, it just felt hella cool, but yes. But also, why Usher? Usher? Alright, so I said that's where my musical journey started because obviously I was listening to music before then, but I felt like that was the first time where like I really sought out that album and was like, I want that. Asked like, my auntie or whoever to get it for me. And uh, it was like the first thing that I like really rinsed front to back all the time. So like uh yeah 8701 um it's just it's a classic like i love r&b and i feel like i never get to talk about r&b either so. okay damn i could go a couple places with this <laughs> i feel like okay first of all what was the first record shop you walked into record shop damn i'm not even gonna lie to you like i don't think i walked into a record shop until i was much older i probably was just popping shit at like best buy or whatever you know <laughs> no because going on cd journeys with my dad was sick like my father is a big cd person and i'm pretty sure he still has his big book of cds but my parents being in their early and mid-20s while i was like adolescent was sick because it's like oh new release my dad was driving to zia records which is native to phoenix and then Best Buy, or back when we had, what was it, Circles and Virgin Records? Yeah, the Virgin Records store. Or if he was going looking for like stuff to sample, because he raps and like his friends produce, um, they would get the CDs from like secondhand shops. So there's a spot in Phoenix called Bookman's. So like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I guess I made the assumption like, oh, did you start collecting CDs early? But how did you listen to R and B like um, when you were younger? So I feel like my first exposure to music was mostly. I mean, my parents listened to a lot of like, like salsa and like tropical music, and then my sister listened to a lot of like rap, R and B, and freestyle. So I feel like uh, she always had like ninety four nine and one oh six cameo here in the bay on so uh that was how i was kind of exposed to freestyle and to r&b and rap music um when i was young that's just how i went from there sick okay and then bringing us into the next like collection of songs miata oh yeah three words well whatever you can fit in a minute <laughs> all right i got a minute all right let me think miata so uh yeah nah i was really just trying to explore like a certain era of my life basically between like 2008 and 2011 um and just like that angst <laughs> that teenage angst and uh i was just trying to because i i hate looking at my peers for like inspiration because you never like want to copy people so i was like all right let me tap into like that like little wayne crazy run that he had let me tap into like all the blog era rap music that i was into at the time um but the first two tracks are from nick leon who was like a hero of mine a good friend of mine like both in and outside of music 
and uh, Kelman Duran, who I feel like is also really influential and honestly was the person who told me to start producing music. So that's why I put them on there because like I gotta pay homage to the homies and to these like real innovators. You got the fucking stamp. Oh yeah, shout out my guy Kelman. I love that guy. Well, here it goes.
Wow, a fucking classic. 
fall with the moon I got the whole world at my feet Playing touch football On marijuana streets Or in a marijuana field You are so beneath my cleats Get high, so high that I feel like lying Down in a cigar, roll me up and smoke me Cause...
nigga on some cruising in my lap with the diamond in the back. Bad bitch in the passenger seat, she twisting up a sack. I know this ain't the seven years, I'm feeling like the Mac Goldie. You can't hold me from collecting these stacks. Full steam ahead, no time for looking back. While I was off, you niggas was getting fat. It's my time, boss, I need pause of all that. Now if I ain't on my grind, yeah. what do you call that? Uh, heavens to Betsy, somebody catch me, I'm falling. Hopefully I land on both Jordans. Get right back to the sky with another. Maybe I should buy a phone clip, stop it I would never rock it Like my wireless, my money and my rubbers all in my pockets You already know what's in them Louis pouches It's prescribed so I ride with at least a couple ounces Ever seen lions pouncing on they prey real shit That's how I approach the beat today These niggas is slipping Butterfingers going to the bar Don't leave your broad, you better bring her with you bar Or you'll be filing a missing person report for Picture on a mail carton at the Kroger's Wendy's or whoever you look for Freezer. If I didn't think I would lose my account, I would've used strings. Losing in my leg with the diamond in the bag. Bad bitch in the passenger seat, she twisting up a sack. I know this ain't the seven years, I'm feeling like the Mac Goldie. You can't hold me from collecting these stats. Full steam ahead, no time for looking back. While I was off, you niggas was getting fat. It's my time, boss, I need pause of all that. Now if I ain't on my grind, then what do you call that? Types of them hoes, iPhone for the business. I'm drinking with bitches. Left her man crib with a sink full of dishes. My bankroll got them all suspicious. Wanna investigate? Got the recipe to get the cake. Then I invested in a better way. Yo, so the rumor he got a little dope. Drinking a little more, but we spill more. Pocket full of dollars and like three or four cell phones. We get to it or we get gone. A real villain rock go to the elbows. Mama thinking that I sell dope, 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 go, go. Old white folks thinking that I sell dope, dope, go, go, go. Got my mama Damn. thinking that Man. I sell dope. He holding money in his fist with only rolly on the wrist. And every year my niggas netting. Ain't no goalie in this bitch. I'm on the road. You on the bench. Stripper pole in a garage. And a couple different hoes that we met at the Mirage. They was bugging. Chicken headed bitches wouldn't pluck them with another man hand with a glove on or nothing. Nada. Big cuz, ride a tighter if you gotta. I'd rather rock Nautica than Prada. Boy, man, lobster fresh out of the water. Twisting up grass that's greener than the iguana. Picking up the glass from the rains that I crashed. Could've been bad. Hopped out, not even a scratch. Uh uh, uh uh. 
Corey said, pull the drops out. 97 Blue Carrera with the top down. I'm the one that you should watch now. Yeah. yeah. Pocket full of dollars and like three or four cell phones. We get to it or we get gone. A real villain rock go to the elbows. Got my mama thinking that I sell dope. Dope, go, go, go. Old white folks thinking that I sell dope. Dope, go, go, go. Got my mama thinking that I sell dope. So who you thought it was, man? You know, we riding around there in every summertime out here, man. SL6 on deck. Mustang 5.0 on deck, man. We got the I-Rock T-tops with the doors. Wide open, riding down the street, man. Doing it like it's Freaking 96, nigga. Goaded up like a king, bitch. The official BFF.FM app is now available to download. Stream our live feed, catch up on your favorite DJ's past shows, explore new sounds by genre, or put on a podcast for your daily whatever. Grab it today in the App Store or on Google Play. God damn it. This is the track that's got the hella long fade in intro. I do know what my background music is, but it's just going to be like. And then it's going to hit us. <laughs> All right. Cool. Have you ever taken an edible? Oh, yeah. Definitely. See? <laughs> this is like when the edibles start hitting. <laughs> we have DJ Wani in the building. What's good? Um, yeah. Okay. So we listened to tracks that inspired Miata. But, okay. I also read your, please forgive me if I'm butchering this, your Coupe uh, and oh, Chef's yeah. write-up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm a fan. I play a lot of music that they just like put out because I follow their SoundCloud feed and it's like Chef's Kiss. Um, and we were just talking about like, the teen angst, but also culture. Mm-hmm. That's really where the starting point of the question that I'm about to pose came from. So to you, what does it, or what elements are necessary to establish, define, and preserve culture? This does not have to be answered in one sentence. All right. Oh, that's a good question. 
all right i feel like damn i mean obviously there's like culture by like ethnicity or nationality but then even within those there's like a million different subcultures so i really think a culture is just like a set of shared experiences beliefs and uh like maybe i don't know shared experiences beliefs aesthetics mm-hmm. um yeah that's a really good question i don't know i feel like that kind of encapsulates it because you know obviously i belong to like my parents ethnic background so like i'm part of that culture in a way but i'm also part of cultures that they're not even like aware of or part of so um it's really just like um yeah it's like i don't know hmm i guess because one of the reasons i admire you as a peer is the fact that there and like and other people that i know like this is just like a big trait where it's like okay you can see someone's background and how colorful it is without them saying it like whenever i listen to your music i can listen to it in daily context like okay everybody confession time i clean my house and listen to dj wani on fridays oh let's go (laughs) we need an air horn (laughs) (laughs) wow that's honestly the biggest compliment i could have gotten because like i mentioned i feel like obviously i make music and i play shows and like to do shit in the club but like i want to hear it at home like if I can't play it at home, like, is it really hidden? Like, I don't know. So, when you dropped the project before this, I was listening to Gooey while I was cleaning my bathroom and I almost broke my neck. Hilarious. <laughs> because I was mopping. I was, like, swiffering my floor and I, like, slid. And I was like, ah! Damn. But I was like, it was worth it. That's fun. I mean, I love that. I love making that song. Hopefully I don't ever get hit with the cease and desist because that's definitely, like... <laughs> and edit uh but yellow fuck it fuck it like if i do that means i'm doing something right <laughs> exactly but knowledge and all of his flips yeah it's like exactly yeah it's good like if they come for me like it's better. be like damn i live in san francisco i'm sorry there is nothing to cease and this is yeah no nah, like all right come come take this uh like random book collection my switch like no <laughs> like there's not much else honestly <laughs> just don't take my cdjs yeah just don't take that or my clothes i'm like i'm militant about my clothes low-key <laughs> i love that Ah, uh, okay yeah i feel like one of the things that really just stood out was like okay I know that you're into movies, like personally, because we've talked about it, but like I can hear it. And when I do hear it, I'm always listening to people's like sound design and asking about their approach to sound design. And the way that you do it isn't very obvious. It isn't very obvious. And when I'm sitting and I'm like listening, like with my like music nerd brain on, I'm like, God damn, how the fuck did he do this? And then. But when I'm, like, in the house, I'm just like, wow, this is just, like, perfect context. So, like, what is your process? Um, yeah. Nah, I mean, thanks for the kind words. That's really cool to hear. But um, I would say that, uh, you know, I feel like for a long time, I wanted to have the ability to create, like, the reggaeton or dembo that, like, I grew up listening to. And then every time that I tried to do it, it just never came out that way. 
and it used to frustrate me but as I like come into my own as an artist I think I think I'm realizing like that's actually a blessing like I think it would be one inauthentic of me to be making something like I didn't grow up in Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or Latin America you know like mm. um, so like my experience is different than those than the people that I'm trying to emulate you know so regardless of what I'm trying to make it's always gonna have influences of like the other cultures that I belong to and how I grew up um, and to keep it real like a lot of like the vocal samples and like speeches and shit like that like that's definitely from Kelman like I learned from him and I try not to like copy it but I, I feel like I've incorporated aspects of it and on top of that um, I find it really hard to find like reliable vocalists to work with I'm not gonna lie so I feel like uh, being able to like go on YouTube rip some like fucking speech or whatever and have a, like a vocal element to music um, it just like rounds it all together I love that. I think about how you were saying Kelman was your like influence in that way. For mm -hmm. me, it was MF Doom. Oh, sick. And yeah. like my dad, because my dad is a comic book nerd. And so I grew up also reading comic books. And That's like, cool. I think about music and then I think about like little speech bubbles and like that context, but also still being fairly new to like producing and releasing music. I'm like, is this too weird? Or like, That's never too weird. <laughs> never. I was also going to say in context, like listening to your stuff, when you push sound design and even when you DJ, like you really push sounds. It's like to the extreme and it's like, wow, this just fits. Do you ever get cautious? Like, do you ever feel cautious about that? Um, I think I get cautious. Well, in terms of DJing, I feel like sometimes I focus more on like a mood than genre which I think is a strength for sure. But there's definitely times where I listen back to mixes and I'm like, damn, those were probably too far away from each other, like like just rhythmically. Mm. And so maybe that didn't like hit. But in the moment, it felt really good because it's like like you're creating like a story or like, a, like a, an, an energy. But like from a technical standpoint, I know that if I just played like the same BPM or the same genre for an hour, like I would be smooth and I'd be like technically better but oh yeah i get bored like i just get bored so i just like to tell a story through music i think you know my background as a journalist as like a writer comes through in music in some way because like i'd rather tell a story than just like impress you with how technically savvy i am okay now i'm gonna ask you nerdy questions let's go all I'm right like, mr all right mr journalist unashamed, i'm an ashamed unashamed nerd like that's good period okay did you go to school for journalism Nah, I did not. Well, I went to school for communication, which is like such like the most basic. It's like the most basic boy. Journalism. Yeah, low key. Well, that's what I thought I was going to school for. I thought I was going to school for like mass communication, but I just like didn't read the fine print. So when I went to uh, UCSB, I was like, oh, we're talking about like literal, like interpersonal and like business communication. I was like, damn, this is whack. <laughs> but this is kind of sick. I yeah. think I'm going to start a video series because I know a lot of DJs here like you know a lot of our friends that go to school for one thing and i'm like how the fuck did you become this oh yeah pathways mm -hmm. but continue nah yeah so um i feel like i mean i was always into writing and like reading i just read a lot as a kid and uh and then eventually like you know speaking about the blog era of like rap music 
I like started my own blog with my best, like my best friend. Um, Cause we were working on hate street. We we're like in streetwear. And it was like this whole era where all the streetwear brands were like moving on to hate street. They were like trying to like bootleg Fairfax it, you know? Wait, um, so you're talking about like the pink, uh, the pink dolphin. Yeah. Black tail, yeah, yeah. Like all that shit. Oh so my God. when that shit was yeah. happening, I was like, damn, like there's so many, like not even about the brands themselves, but like all of the people that worked on the street, like all the homies that worked at Black Scale and Pink Dolphin and Diamond and everything. I was like, we're all doing really cool shit and we need to like document it. So I started kind of like writing in that sense. And uh, I would like interview the homies. I would like write about like music releases and everything. So that's how I started writing. And then went from there, like um, started writing like fiction. Random, okay. Quick sidebar. Quick I want to read this. Hold up. Quick sidebar. So I was writing fiction for a minute. Like I wrote like a whole like book of short stories. But one of the stories that I wrote ended up getting picked up by the ACT exam. Like they hit me up like two years after I'd written it. I wasn't even thinking about it. That's so fucking sick. And they paid me $3,000 to use the story like in the ACT. So like I got that check and I like quit my job at the time. I like it like completely changed my whole shit. So I'm like, yeah, you never know who the fuck is going to find your shit. Like, um, it was like literally like imagine I forgot about that story. Like my my little brain just said like my mouth has been sitting agape. That's tight. But also I started off as a writer. Hey, that's what's up. Yeah, I studied journalism uh, a little bit in college. I tell the story like, ah, uh, yeah, I was so disinterested in my fashion degree. So also I think this is why. I fucks with you. Like, it's a shared experience of being an ex-fashion student. I settled in getting a fashion design degree because I thought that I could double major in fashion design and journalism. Mm -hmm. Not at the school that I went to. So I finessed my, like, multi-major degree. That's popping. And I can say that it is what it is on paper because I have the skill set. But based on their records, they'd be like, no, you are a fashion designer. And they kept trying to get me to do, to do corporate shit, which like fucking sucked. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's fucking key. Like you said something very important about documentation. And I want to like sit with that as it relates to building, establishing culture, especially here in the Bay. I feel like because it is so small and because we have this ability to be very adaptable, like people love coming here because they're like, wow, I can be myself and I can pass through and like y'all are gonna fuck with it. But I also feel like in this era where a lot of people are DJing and doing a lot of like output, like who is collecting the data? That's also why I had you on the show because you write amazing write-ups about all of us. And like, we all sit and we talk about this and it's like, damn, you really have a way of like looking at your friends who are artists and like even people like every time you do a write-up, I'm like, God damn, he's not wrong. Also, <laughs> I guess we're taking it. Are we taking a music break? Okay, no, I was about to say, Ugh. that breakdown shook me. But T, I'm like, fuck, do you think we need more people documenting or how do you think documentation has changed since you started in the blog era? And more from a personal perspective, not in like the obvious, like, oh, technology, social media kind of way. Yeah. To like where you're at now and how you approach it. I feel like 
like personally, I th I think I'm putting the pressure on myself to be the person documenting like my own journey and my peers' journey. That's why like I have like a million cameras because uh, like I feel like I allude to it on social media and shit. But like I'm I'm dead ass serious. Like I really do believe one day they're gonna like write a book about our whole shit, you know, and like a really distinct scene that kind of makes it work despite all of the obstacles here in the Bay. So I'm just taking as many pictures as I can, taking as much video as I can, and like hopefully some person with the energy and know-how will ask for it and I'll just give it all to them. Cause I don't think I got the energy. Like I'm so into music right now that I don't know if I can like actually be the person making like the documentary, but I'm happy to provide the oh shit. Oh my God. This is why we know each other. <laughs> we'll talk off air. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. So I've talked about this a lot with people off air and like just my big private thoughts uh, in high school. Around the same era that we were both listening to Lil Wayne and Sir Michael Rocks. Also, did you listen to the cool kids? Did you fuck oh, with the bikes? Yeah, literally. I mean, I didn't have the bikes, but uh, the cool kids is like changed my life for real i was like going crazy like i was like scouring the internet for vintage nba snapbacks after the fucking cool kids dropped like that was my shit oh my God. i'm like actually pretty bummed out that i like grew out of it and was like nah like i'm good i'll just sell these Damn. that was stupid i feel that way about like my sneaker game because i used to be like nerdy sneakers like because everybody was like oh yeah vans this and that blah 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 i was like no like reeboks like, I was wearing, like, primary color Reeboks and, like, plaid dunks and, like, doing crazy shit. And I regret it. I'm like, damn it. I know. Because I never, like, my feet haven't grown since I was, like, in eighth grade. Lit. That's such an advantage. <laughs> I was like, damn. But that aside, I have talked to people about archival. Uh, shout out Russell E.L. Butler, uh, who is so knowledgeable and a wonderful archivist i feel like we need those yeah and not just people like not just social media archivists but like yeah that can all go away exactly like oh my god i probably should be twittering this more because i feel like the knot in my stomach forming when i think about how digital footprints are so I don't know it's such a fucking weird dystopian thing to like exist and witness and to see how people can like literally change your narrative and like recontextualize shit that you're saying and doing but also the fact that the people that run the shit if they don't fuck with what you're saying it doesn't exist or they can like maneuver and manipulate shit and I was like yeah no I'm a tangible formats girly like bring uh, yeah. back paper books nah yeah like uh I mean, respect to people. I just, like, I need a paper book. Like, don't get me wrong. Me too. Like, my name, like, our name is, like, Amor de Hital. I definitely am, like, a child of the internet. But I would say that, like, I never want to propose, like, replacing the the quote-unquote real. You know, like, that shit is really important. So I love paper books. I love physical format of music. Um, I love, yeah, it's just, like, it's important. Plus, like, uh, when it's on digital, it's, like, you're almost, like, leasing. You're, like, you know, like with streaming, right? Like you don't mm -hmm. own any of the music no. and that shit could go away. Like they could just cease to exist. There's so many mixtapes like the Dat Piff era. Like I'm scared 
because all of my favorite like so much of my favorite music from that time period is all just like digital mixtapes so if i don't download it and own it like what am i like Ooh. that shit can go away like that piff they almost shut down recently so i'm like nah i just had like i had that thought because of um shout out to the show before me i know things have like moved around but there was a talk show this morning and i was listening to it while i was preparing our broadcast broadcast and someone was talking about how they lost all the music like recently their stuff got stolen and they lost all the music that they had made from the time that they were a teenager up until now this person sounds like they're in their mid to late 20s so uh, fuck oh right but i think about how every artist goes through that like loss of losing a physical copy of their digital archive and i remember when that happened to me when the motherboard on my first computer crashed or like even the second time it happened when i first started djing when my like laptop literally snapped in half (laughs) and i'm like oh my gosh like will today's kids ever know like the feeling of shit dislike like you know it's there but you have no proof of it like or is that just a like a millennial thing because gen z is so okay with impermanence like the way they move it's just like yeah i'm 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 attached to nothing and i'm like cool but nah sentiment i I feel like if you if you make any type of art like i think it's gonna hurt like for sure but um yeah no i'm sure like with other shit like photos and shit maybe they don't care so much about but I think like if you're producing something and like creating something and expressing yourself, it's always gonna hurt because like damn, like you put your literal like soul into it and now it's gone. But sometimes it's an opportunity though. Like sometimes losing all that shit, like I've definitely lost music and been like bummed out. Then I was like, damn, now it just makes me like wanna make new music. So Damn. Well, actually that leads us into like the next segment of songs. Cause these are your tastemaker tracks. Mm-hmm uh you have a couple words about them yeah for sure um i picked these two songs specifically because i feel they um are made by women um they combine elements of like uh reggaeton dembo with electronic music and uh the other one i just think it's like a a really cool exploration of like I think people are moving towards like their cultures and combining that with electronic music. And um, I think that's really cool. Wait, I misspoke. These are the tracks that, what's it called? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. These are your tastemaker tracks. Duh. Uh, the ones that shifted the paradigm for you in your music career. Oh, okay. My bad. So the songs that shifted the paradigm for me, um, I think I. They all just had like a, uh, I guess they just like moved me in a different direction, I should say. So the first song, if I remember correctly, is by uh, Frankie Ruiz. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put that first because like he's a legend of salsa music. It's like what my parents used to play like at the house. So even though like back then I kind of rejected and I was like, nah, like I want to listen to rap, you know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I'm very thankful because, uh, I listen to that now, you know, and so it's cool. And now, like, I feel like my shit is a combination of all those influences, you know. But yeah, that's the first one. And then I'm trying to remember what the second one. Ski mask way. Oh yeah, Fifty Cent hit me like a ton of bricks, and I feel like when that album came out, people like always talk about Give It or Die Trying, but to me, the Massacre is like so much better. So uh, 
that shit was just like so beautiful like it just hit me it just like hit me for real that's like when i heard um go crazy by young jeezy like the, like the first time i ever fucking heard young jeezy i was in the car with my dad and like my dad does a wonderful impersonation of him <laughs> yeah it's so good like i feel like that changed the way i spoke and it changed the way i looked at like blackness mm. especially being black and in the suburbs but also like where we were at specifically like the other black kids in the suburbs did not want to present themselves in a way that they quote unquote thought was white. Oh yeah. So, I mean, we hear, <laughs> I, I laugh at my accent all the time. The fact that I, ugh, okay, whatever. We're not going to get into that. Um, yeah, I guess just like being who I was, but like listening to gangster rap and being like, damn, this is uh this is quite political in like seventh grade. <laughs> I thought that shit was lit and like it was just a bonding moment between me and my dad. So similar thing where I was just like, what the fuck is this man? And then because I was listening to Jeezy, I got into like Fat Joe and there are quite a few others. I was listening to like old Khaled like songs that just felt like giant compilations and like Yeah. More people missed lame. out on that whole like I feel like Khaled has turned into like I don't corny. know, yeah, corny. <laughs> but uh, I feel like in that like mid two thousands era, like I don't know, he was really making shit happen, especially for South Florida. Like I have a soft spot for Miami. Like I live there. Uh, I always had a soft spot for it because I have family out there, and like um, so, I know he's important to that city, even if we find <laughs> him a little annoying. All right, we're just gonna let this music speak for itself, y'all. All right. Más y más. 
Yeah. I'm trying to catch me something. Little jokes or something. Nigga, that watch is nice. That's what you bought for me. That chain is nice. That's what you bought for me. Them earrings is nice. That's what you bought for me. Take that shit off. Move, I'll break you up properly. I get mine the fast way. Ski mask way. Make money. Make money, money, money. Nigga, if you ask me. You wanna spray at me? Go ahead. The last nigga that tried got hit, killed over, and bled till he died. Your little sister calling you stupid. Reason why? Her and your mama in the living room now, hog tied. I came up with two new ways to get rich. I can't wait. Got a brand new cig in that old 38. I be scheming to put a little bread on my plate. Watching dress surf stomp through the hole in the gate. I stick a nigga for a sign, sell him back the next day. You thought I really wanted your pussy, bitch, please. This is Stash House Jackpot, digging them keys. My black T-Unit hoodie just reeked with marijuana. Cocaine coming out my paws in the sauna. I'm serious, man, I'm so sincere. This the flow right here that fucked up Jeffy's career. Make money, take money. Yeah, nigga, yeah. Nigga, that watch is nice, that's what you bought for me. That chain is nice, that's what you bought for me. Them earrings is nice, that's what you bought for me. Take that shit off, move, I break you up properly. Got my phone tap, I'm screaming fuck Jake. I'm trying to stay out them pants, so I switch states. Bad news, VA, now nah, that sounds great. I see niggas with their ice on, rim shined up. This town's one big pussy waiting to get fucked. I holler at AI peoples to get gas. They charge me 500 a piece for two max. Then I'm back doing me, I'm back out on the spree. Catch me a nigga slipping out, pumping that D. Get me a little crew, I have them pumping for me. The more pride I could take, the more paper we see. Change my name and why they don't know where I be. Yeah, nigga doing dirt, but a nigga low key. Nigga, that watch is nice, that's what you want for me. That chain is nice, that's what you want for me. Them earrings is nice, that's what you want for me. Take that shit off, move up, but you want properly. I get mine the fast way, ski mask way. Make money, make money, money, money. Nigga, if you ask me, it's the only way. Take money, take money, money, money.
Oh my fucking gosh, I'm such a fucking nerd, but like, if you know what this sample is, I don't know, holler at me. Sucker free. That's why the niggas you be with talk down like they don't fuck with me. I get money realistically. And the homie show me love. Goopies wanna lead a club with me. Ain't nothing to a G. Let your hair blow in the breeze. Roll some bomb ass weed. Get high, cruise at a jet speed. Do it like I do it for TV. 675 Damier LVs. Seven something with tax. And when I'm on the plane, got to carry on the match. Nigga, that's flash shit. Tryna peep game, little homie, just watch this. <laughs> Champagne in my cockpit Talking about you got a man, mommy, just stop it Please As we proceed to give you what you need To roll up on me I'm out here living it Out here living it Niggas know that we doing our thing Cause we out here getting it Out here getting it Boy, I rap the game I know what I know. I write bomb rap songs telling bitches what I'm into. So the hoes want roll. First class road to another coast. Just to smoke push. I know a nigga who grows. 
And that's on the real Mama, if you tryna slide, gotta bring one for will Just another day in the life Another plane, another night Getting faded with another nigga wife Drinking hella champagne, sang a rave with the Sprite Then I'm up in the AM to catch another flight Niggas rapping the gang Simply because everything else lame The fans want real niggas, them hoes looking for change I seen it all, player in the game First they biting the flow, now they jacking off Slaying I'm out here living it, out here living it Niggas know that we doing our thing Cause we out here getting it, out here getting it Boy, I rap the game, 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 game Nothing changed, nothing changed Still rap the game, still rap the game So incredible <laughs> If I do say so myself My nigga Jerm
Lindsay. From Cap Street to the world, this is BFF.FM. Wow. I was just saying, such a seamless transition. Jesus. Okay. While I daydream about food, <laughs> because it's just been one of those mornings. Oh, I thought about you. <laughs> because we shared a love of eating chorizo, beans, and rice for breakfast. Oh, hell yeah. I got the soy riso because I was like, yeah, the pork one was hella greasy and hella salty. Yeah. And I'm just like, hmm. I've been doing it with an over easy egg instead of scrambling my egg into the chorizo. Mm. All right. Is, are you still a scramble person? Uh, I do both. I like, I like them, like, I would say normally I scramble, but I fuck with the over easy egg. It's something about the yolk, the beans, the rice. I also have been like mozzarella cheese, like Hell salt yeah. based style, like just melted. So it's giving carbonara vibes because it gets all runny. I gotta get you, I'm gonna get you some uh, Central American queso duro. It's like, uh, yeah, I gotta get you that. It's gonna, it's gonna wake, wake the game up. Yeah, it's good. I love cheese. <laughs> well, we are about to enter. Dun, 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 more nerd shit. Um, tracks that are, you know, your all time fave cinema score soundtrack tunes but can we just like hear i just want to hear you talk about film i have no i have no direction all right well i'm definitely like in my my fucking film school era right now but um i feel like i mean like anybody you know like i grew up watching movies and i have like a a really like deep appreciation for them because they encapsulate so many different art forms you know like uh in a movie you have obviously like the visuals and like the cinematography the photography you have the writing you know of like the the screenplay you have music whether it's like soundtrack or the score or whatever Mm -hmm. there's the foley artist there's the lighting so it's like it's all those things and i feel like it's one medium but it's really like a million mediums mixed into one one medium with a thousand different languages yeah, straight up. And trying like, to say the same thing. Yeah, all in like 90 minutes. And you're trying to like create like, obviously it's like so many moving parts and it's like a million different types of art forms. But at the end of the day, you're trying to entertain. So, you know, it's like balancing those two things. Of like, Also, like as somebody, like I want to say I'm like a very like orderly, organized person. So I think about the organization required to like fucking put, like manage a crew and create art over like the span of months with like millions of dollars of budget. Like I just respect it because that seems tough. Very tough. Have you made film before? Like a written film before? Nah, never. I mean like I had like, I took like a video production class in high school and I'm I'm sure I made like a little short film, but I've never like sat and written a screenplay, but it's definitely, definitely a a goal of mine one day. One of the feats of my uh, early twenties, actually you should talk to Kenny about it. He writes films. Uh, I, I definitely did write a feature script, and it included the first 
set of music that I made. Wow. Yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. I feel like anytime you talk, anytime I listen to any director's like interview or whatever, they're like, my first movie was like fucking like, a un- it's like film school all in one. Like, I feel like I'm so glad that I only took like editing and directing classes in college and like a couple of writing classes. Um, but when I tell you, like, it shaped the way that I ask questions in interviews, or it shapes the way that, ah, yeah, it does shape my approach to DJing a little bit, but more or less in the like, where are we going? And like contextualizing the music for the space kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, I do want to get back into film stuff. I love editing, but I really love filming docu-style shit like it was funny when like the feature route of the script that I wrote didn't work out we just compiled all the BTS footage from like five different cameras everyone's phones into like a two hour doc and it was kind of hilarious and then I actually sat down and answered interview questions Mm -hmm. on like a pink background so it's like narrative and I was like wait I really love this that's tight we uh, need that. We gotta screen it one day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I feel like some of the things that I said back then and some of my viewpoints were a little problematic because they were through the lens of my own self-loathing. But I can say I would love to do it again with other people or with um, <clears throat> us documenting the culture of uh, underground music in the Bay Area and how we do things. <laughs> I've literally been thinking about that. I like. That I was think- a nod to you, friend. <laughs> Nah, yeah, you know I'm with it, and I got time right now, so it would be a great time. But yeah, nah, I've I've honestly been thinking about the, like I'm really into like neo neo realism and like that, uh, yeah, just like documentary style, narrative like fiction, um, and uh, what I don't is know neo realism. Neo realism is basically just like yeah, just like documentary style. Oh, like but I guess it has roots in like the '60s and like. Uh, Battle of Algiers and like shit like that, but um, oh shit, yeah, nah. So I just love making things that feel like super real, even though they're like fiction. Um, but yeah, I would love to do that. I honestly had this idea, and like, if somebody steals this, like, maybe I shouldn't say it. No, I'm gonna say it. I don't give a fuck. I was like, <laughs> I have this idea of like documenting like all of the all the performers that we know in our circle. But like not them performing, but like literally like the hour before they perform. Like, okay, we're gonna like actually talk about the songs we're about <laughs> to play next because I have an idea that I do not care to share on air, right. and we're gonna talk. All right, all right. Because all right. I think our brains, I think our shared iCloud brain cell is tapped in right now. I think we're connected to the same Wi-Fi server currently. Hell yeah! Um, Great place to be. Three words to describe this collection of soundtrack tunes. Uh, nostalgic. Mm. Let's see, nostalgic, memorable. Mm. Memorable as in, as in it puts you like in the space, like in the scene. Okay. Yeah. I felt that. Like it instantly transports me to like where I was watching that. Oh. Captivating. Okay, so this feels like big movie moments. 
I, I'm cheating y'all because I know what the songs are, but <laughs> you'll just have to listen. Yeah.
was the third brother of five, doing whatever I had to do to survive. I'm not saying what I did was all right. Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day-to-day -day fight. Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind. But I knew there was a better way of life, and I was just trying to find. You don't know what you do till you put on a Get 
wow, we were over here talking. But hi. <laughs> I love how <laughs> somehow being a host interrupts uh, me <laughs> having a dialogue with my friend. Okay, I'm done being petty and silly. Um, well, we have 13 minutes left. Sick. Wow, it went by fast. I know. This was fun. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll ask you this question, and then, since we were already talking about it. Um, damn, what did I just ask? Oh, so you have taught people. Yeah. You were part of the education system. Yeah, true. Uh, In a roundabout way, I did. Yeah. I mean, working with students, working with young people, um, and them knowing, well, yeah, so spoiler alert, they did know that you DJ produced. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did they revere you? Um, Did that, like, does that affect your approach or, like, inspire your approach? to your creative pursuits and like what you do with AD? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I loved working with them because like since they're not going out to clubs and shit, like they don't revere me at all. Like they're just like not really trip. Like they're like, oh, that's tight. And like some of them are into it, but most of them are just like, they don't care, you know? So <laughs> I love that. That part is like really dope because uh, yeah, it's just nice to like, I don't know, be anonymous in that way. But uh but the students that did really care about um, music and shit, like that was really cool. And just being able to like give them tips and tricks about pursuing art in general, because it wasn't just music production, There's, there were other art disciplines. So um, it was really cool to be able to like share knowledge that I wish I would have had in high school. Like I didn't really start taking anything creative like really seriously and thinking it was for me until I was like already a young adult, you know? So. Like, if I had started in high school, I don't regret it because, who knows, I might have been burnt out already. But uh, I just feel like it's just cool to be able to hear from somebody who's, don't get me wrong, teachers are sick. But I like me being someone who's, like, not giving them a grade, who's not, like, you know, their everyday teacher, um, I think is a different dynamic. Because I'm just literally there for art and helping them out and not, like, chastising them for talking too much or whatever, you know? Oh, that part. Okay, well, since we only have 11 minutes left, what or the next three songs uh, are songs that I asked you to pick because um, I wanted you to kind of give your take on where you feel like music in general or club music, whether it be in your lane or in a general sense, uh, is going. I left it open-ended because I just like how you forecast things. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, I honestly, right now, I'm only remembering two out of the three. So, <laughs> I'm going to speak to the first two, I think. And uh, basically, I just think that we're in an era where the lines are blurred. And I think um, for the first song, if I remember the order correctly, I just love that it's definitely like Latin music. It's like dembo uh kind of or at least like i mean it's just like vocals actually i shouldn't even call it dembo but it has like a dembo rhythm and uh it's like a vocalist with like a legendary venezuelan afro venezuelan producer um and i just think that we're moving in an era where club music is not just like four on the floor it's also 
you know, like what the Europeans are calling polyrhythmic um, music. So I just think that uh, the world is creating their own dance music and um, that's going to take over, I think, a lot. And that's what annoys me about the Bay, because I'm like, yo, like, we're only like these big dance music venues are only booking like traditional, mm. like techno house and shit. Palatable things that people yeah. who don't, who are people who admittedly might not know how to dance rhythmically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can feel comfortable. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I would have ever enjoyed clubbing if I wasn't taken outside of my comfort zone. Even right. being a child exposed to club music contextually and like being in clubs up uh, as a kid um contextually it's like wow this is uncomfortable because like i'm not supposed to be here like yeah but i love it now and i'm also like damn i know when to go the fuck home anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh any other words how you feel post-release um, post-release i feel uh, more relief than anything. I made that music like a few months ago, and so I'm not used to like the the lead-in time being so long. I normally just like make shit and then release it like right away. Mm. So the fact that it was like a physical release that I needed to like get it mastered, I needed to, you know, no bias needed to get the the records pressed. Um, yeah, so it's nice to be able to like move on to the next thing. I'm like very happy with the response. I'm happy that it's out, but I feel free to like create again because it's hard to create when you're like still worried about the last release so yeah. damn should we go back to burning cds uh i do that I, I have a cd burner and i like print out the album artwork and everything like that's my shit i love doing that oh my gosh i like sign the actual like physical cd my little brain i'm so once again mouth agape very excited i have it if you ever want to do it i'll definitely burn some cds for you i got like I got a fast stack of blank CDs. You and my dad would get along so well. Oh, okay. yeah. We got a link. <laughs> Hi, dad. Um, He does listen to this show. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Sick. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Jorge, for being here. Um, Any final words before we get into the last tracks? Um, Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for everything you're doing, like, for music and the Bay in general. Um. This is a really cool show, and um, yeah, thanks. Hopefully these songs were interesting, at least. You know what? This is a unnecessary modesty. These songs fucking bang. Um, I think so, but you know, not everybody might. You have listened to Talking to Talking Noise at Noon. We are going to continue to talk off air. Please enjoy these last few tracks. Pussy, 
yo soy malo. A frío, acá lo doy con el palo. Si tú eres mala, yo soy... Thank <laughs> you. 